Welcome to Big Ben and KWIN on NoFilter.net. Each week, we broadcast live on NoFilter.net. If you miss us, go back in the vault or check us out anywhere you get your audio podcast. Apple, iHeart, Stitcher, Pandora, and more. I'm KWIN. He's Big Ben. And he's Jared Dubin. You know Jared from CBS, New York City. He also covers NBA everywhere. Jared, thank you for joining the show. Thanks for having me, guys. How you doing? Doing good. So looking at your Twitter feed, it seems that you were out in Las Vegas for the NBA Summer League, but you also got to play a little poker. And you <laughs> said it was your first time back playing and something happened, which you weren't happy about. So what happened with that poker hand <laughs> may have upset you a little bit on your way out of Vegas? Uh, it was two hands, actually. Uh, <laughs> I entered a, a mid. Oh, my dog wants to come up. Okay, come up. Now he's sitting on my lap. You can't see him, but he's right here. There he is. Cute <laughs> <you. laughs> dog. Uh, yeah, well, he knows that, and that's how he gets away with whatever he wants. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I uh, I played in the, the Midnight Poker Tournament at MGM one night. Me and uh, Matt Moore from the Action Network both played. We were sitting actually at the same table um and um i played pretty conservatively for the first hour or so basically only played two hands one of both and then about an hour in i go uh heads up pre-flop with a guy who i had out stacked like two to one and um he goes all in with 10 jack and i call him with ace king and he pulls an inside straight on the river um to win that hand so we're about even um and then maybe a half hour or so later the exact same thing happens he goes all in uh with pocket sixes and i have ace jack suited and i don't pull um so he pulls on me i don't pull on him even though i was you know favored fairly significantly on the first hand and maybe like a very slight underdog 5149 on the second uh which is very annoying way to go out I have one more Twitter comment, if I could make one. Sure. You have probably my most favorite people in a, your background picture, <laughs> which Believe it is or not, Anna Kendrick and the Pitch Perfect, but then you also have my most hated person in the <laughs> NBA, in the entire NBA. <laughs> this comes up uh, a fair amount, that? honestly, when I do like radio and whatnot. People bring it up all the time. <laughs> The, uh, the Pitch Perfect ladies apparently did a photo shoot with Russell Westbrook for, it was like for Christmas games back in like 2017, 2018, something like that. And I've had it as uh, my background photo ever since. It might be plagiarized by me here. I don't know in what way, shape, or form, but I love it. <laughs> so Jared, thanks for having us. Thanks for joining. We're gonna talk a little NBA. And since you were just out in Las Vegas, which rookies impressed you the most during summer league? Um, among the rookies, I mean, Paolo Banquero looked very good, but he only played two games. They basically shut him down, like, right after he, uh, he looked pretty good through those two games. Um, I, I saw, like, five minutes of Jaden Ivey, and he looked great, but then he got hurt. It's like every, every guy that I wanted to watch got hurt. Like, the top, I think, four guards in the draft all got hurt in either their first or second game. Shaden Sharp got hurt, like, seven minutes in. Jaden Ivey got hurt five minutes in. Uh, Dyson Daniels got hurt in his second game. Um, I'm missing one, but there was another guy that got, oh, Ben Mathurin didn't get hurt. He looked pretty good in the first game of his that I was at. 
Um, the second game, not as much, but I really liked him before the draft, and then he looked good when I was there. Um, I thought Jabari Smith looked good defensively, but just couldn't really make any of his shots. They didn't really have anybody to create shots for him out there. Um, that's the thing about Summer League, why you can't really evaluate players based on it, is the guard play, just in general, is so bad that like anybody that's not a lead guard is not being put in position to succeed the way they will be during the regular season for the most part. I got a quick comment or theory. Yeah, go ahead. I want, I want your opinion. If we moved Summer League to Indianapolis, would we see a lot less players getting hurt than in Vegas? <laughs> um, I think we would see a lot fewer players uh, showing up. <laughs> I don't think like I don't think as many second and third year guys would be as excited about going and playing in Vegas. I don't think LeBron would be showing up for a day. I don't think Dame would be doing his press conference to do his extension out there. Um, I don't think a lot of that would be happening in Indianapolis, and I know that's true because nobody goes to the summer leagues in Utah or uh, or I guess uh, oh yeah Utah Orlando. Orlando doesn't exist anymore. It's California okay. classic now, but nobody would go down to Orlando either. Nobody really goes to California. Everybody goes to Vegas. You send your it's intern, always right? the, <laughs> yeah, it's always the who's who on the sideline, and uh, they're watching players, but they're probably having a little fun as well. So you have a little bit I saw on Twitter, like the too good for summer league. So yeah. if you had to come up with your top five players who make the two good for summer league team, who would they be? Even if they only played one or two games. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. I wrote a story about it last year. Generally, the guys that are too good for summer league, they shut them down after two or three games. And I don't like to include rookies in that because most of the rookies play, you know, the whole time. Obviously, Ben Carroll got shut down, but that's an unusual situation. Usually guys play longer than that. Like I saw, I'm not watching the game, but I saw earlier, um, I think Kevin Pelton was saying, like, Chet Holmgren is playing his fifth summer league game right now, and Keegan Murray is playing his sixth summer league game. Like, that's more typical than Paolo getting shut down after two. Um, I'm not sure yet if Quentin Grimes is going to get shut down after the next third game, which was a couple nights ago, but he looked really good in their first few games. Josh Giddy in their first few games. Moses Moody got shut down after one game. Those would be the three guys that I think were the most noticeable. But I also, like, I didn't see every team out there either. Like, I was only at certain games. Like, there's two gyms. I can't be in both gyms at once. Um, so, for me, those were the three most noticeable guys. I'm not sure I can get to five in terms of guys that were actually too good to be there. But based on the story I did last year, the average is about three per year. So, I feel pretty good going with three. Since I'm a Warriors fan, a little homer, I'll just go Jameis Wiseman just because uh, he looked good in the first game. The second game, his minutes are down, but uh, based on his potential, we'll put him on that team. Yeah, he looked good in that first, like, five, six-minute stretch uh, in that first game that he played. He started off the game like everything was Wiseman. You know, he comes down, first possession to pick and roll dunk, uh, block, gets a steal on the next possession, but then loses his dribble. Couple possessions later, gets a block, then hits a three right after. Then gets another block after that. Um, didn't look quite as good in the remainder of the game. I think he's going to take some time to ramp up to the point where he can like play, then sit on the bench, then come back and play, and still like 
have his mobility. I think that's going to take some time for him, given the history of you know his knees and whatnot. But I thought he looked good in that first stretch. I wasn't there for the uh, the second game he played. Yeah, what I liked is as a Warriors fan, you looked into the possibility of the future, right? Like if you envision Steph and Clay getting older, they're going to do less on the ball and more just shooting from the perimeter. And if you've got two mobile bigs like that, they haven't really had that in a while where a big can dive to the hoop and can catch a lob. It's usually Draymond passing it out to someone else and the other big popping or they're looking for Steph or Clay. Yeah, I mean, they really haven't had, like, a, you know, a high-level rolling threat, I guess, since, like, JaVale McGee. And he was, you know, obviously not uh, particularly, like, he didn't have a particularly big role on the team, you know. Um, they, they certainly haven't had anybody that's as athletic as Kaminga since early Draymond, but it's, like, a much different kind of athleticism. It's much more vertical as opposed to, like, agility and side-to-side kind of stuff. Um, he brings something a lot different than they've had in a long time. All right. I, I had two comments before we get off the summer league. By the way, have you fully recovered? Like, are you like, are you still sucking down Pedialyte? And like, uh... <laughs> no, I'm good. I mean, I basically lost, like, the entire day yesterday because my flight out of Vegas was at, like, 930, which is already, you know, 1230 in New York. I didn't get home till like, 7 30 because my flight was delayed like a half hour then it took a while to get a cab from jfk and then it took a while to get back so like i left the hotel at you know eight in the morning and got home at like eight at night after a five-hour flight so i just stayed up till like I, I put myself to sleep like technically early i went to sleep at like 11 30 here so i'm basically like fully recovered because i did nothing yesterday well who isn't fully recovered shade and sharp irony here the guy doesn't play at all last year, plays in one game, and I think gets hurt for the Blazers, correct? Yeah, he was one of the guys that I really wanted to see, and I'm upset because I uh, usually Summer League starts on Friday. So I did my trip Friday to Tuesday, and I didn't realize when I booked it or when I had 538 book it for me that it was starting on Thursday this year. So I missed the first two games, so I didn't see even see that seven minutes of sharp before he got hurt. <laughs> oh, I was climbing up right now. All right, and then I'm going to put you on the hot seat. Based on what you saw in Summer League or have yeah. seen, post, whatever you've reported on, whatever you've heard, whatever banter may have been traded at the poker table, <laughs> you're, John, you're John Hammond. Did you get it right? Oh, man. I mean, I would never judge that off the of Summer League is my thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's why it's called the hot seat. You guys yeah, no, I, I think Paolo looked good. Um, I thought that before the draft, I liked him and Chet a little bit more than I liked Jabari. And I think I still feel that way after watching, I don't know, like 50 combined minutes of each player. Like, But it's it's a pretty narrow band, I think, between those guys. I think he's got to feel good about what he saw from Paolo out there. Like, I don't think he's regretting his decision. Okay, you're starting the Seattle Supersonics or whatever, whoever else gets the other franchise. Who are you drafting? Uh, Wembanyama next year. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> I mean, I've, granted, I've seen him play a total of like six minutes, but that's apparently the guy to, to get. So I know that the okay. Sonics won't be around next year, but maybe they can figure something out a few years after that. I like 
yeah. get, you know, like Bronny James or Bryce James or whichever other NBA kids are coming into the league. Just get one it's of those. Not, it's not Russ. Anyone else but Russ. All right. Go ahead, K Win. We got another segment. So, Jared, we've got this thing called 1A and 1B NBA superstars. And we always go back and forth on it. So, we'd love to get your take on these players. We'll mention their names and any banter you have around 1A or 1B superstars. Batman or Robin? So, the first guy, Bradley Beal. Is he a 1A or a 1B superstar, in your opinion? I think it's better if he's like your second best player. So I guess that's like a one B. What about? I think. Yeah. As long as he's in Washington, he's a one A on a losing team. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Ben. Uh, All right. This guy just became available. I don't know what's happening to Utah. The purge. I, I think Sam Presti might be making a move to become the next GM of Utah Jazz with how many draft picks they're getting. (laughs) <laughs> Donovan Mitchell, 1A or 1B? Um, yeah, I feel similarly as I do to Beal. Like, it's probably better. Like, I think he's capable of being, like, your top offensive option, at least. But I think it's probably better if he's not. And he's a guy who can, you know, attack against rotating defenses and not have to be the sole creator for himself and everybody else. And he can just focus on doing what he does best, like penetrating – getting to the line, you know, he's a, a good free throw shooter. And he's like, he's a better at shooting threes in particular off the catch than off the dribble. And I think that that would help him do that. So I'll go 1B also. So if you believe the media, then Donovan Mitchell will eventually get traded to the New York Knicks. So I mean, does that sure. mean... He could. If um, that scenario happened, does that mean R.J. Barrett? goes to Utah or would they play both of them in New York? Um, I mean, I think that the Knicks are going to do whatever they can to keep RJ out of a Donovan Mitchell trade if they do make that trade um, based on everything that other people have reported and based on everything I've talked to people around the Knicks about what they think of RJ in the past. I haven't specifically talked to them about that like this week or anything, but I mean, I would think that they're going to try to keep him out of basically any deal. Um, so I wouldn't imagine that it would be RJ to Utah. Um, I, I don't know if that would be like a, like a deal breaker either though. So, I mean, I would think they'd try to keep them out of it, but you know, the Knicks are the Knicks. Like I've been a Knicks fan my whole life and um, they see a shiny object. They'll put everything on the table. And they'll have it up, so. Jalen Brunson. Yeah. What did you think of the Brunson signing? Yeah, I mean, I, I is, really he, is like, he is he one A, B, C, or D? I mean, I think it's probably best if he's like your third best player. Um, but that's like that's good. Like a guy that can be your third best player is a really good player. Like that makes you one of the best seventy-five-ish guys in the league or something along those lines. Like, that's you great. know, that's that's really good. Um, and, and I really like him as a player. I don't think that the contract is particularly onerous, especially because. They made it uh, declining. So when the cap jumps in a couple of years, it'll be even more team friendly because the salaries are going down. My issue is I don't think that the Knicks roster puts him in a position to succeed. They don't have all that much shooting. They don't have like if they're going to start Evan Fournier again, they really don't have anybody to cover him defensively because RJ needs to be guarding like the big wing types. Um, And even that, like he's on the smaller side for a big wing. 
So, you know, they, they got to figure something out defensively and they, they don't have a lot of shooting and both him and Randall like to operate on the left side of the floor. So all of a sudden you're a little bit crowded in the areas that he likes to be. Um, so I, I, if they can figure out a way to shake up the roster a little bit, get a little bit more shooting, get a little bit more flexibility, then I think it'll work out better than it looks like right now. But um, I'm skeptical on their offense because he's not going to be in the same situation he was in Dallas. I think he'll still find a way to be pretty effective, but it won't be as good as it was, you know, playing with Luca and like a parade of shooters around him. Yeah. I didn't even realize like all the lefties that they'll have. Like yeah. you make a great point. At least RJ likes to be on the right side of the floor so that he can then drive left. But uh, Randall and Brunson both like to be on the left side. And uh, Hartenstein is a lefty also, but that doesn't really count. Like he's going to be, you know, basically from the elbows and in more often than not. He's not a guy that's like taking up space to isolate or whatever. I mean, pick and rolls, dribble handoffs, things like that. But should know that he is also a lefty. So as a lefty myself, I like that they're one away from all lefty. <laughs> They need to pick you up. Has that all left ever been you. ran out? Oh, no, I would never How's make it on court. I would be injured by the time the first practice ended. <laughs> I've had two knee surgeries, right. hip surgery, like broken like a whole bunch of different things. It would not be good. Plus, you don't want, you know, 6'1 Jalen Brunson to be the taller guard in the backcourt. I'm not <laughs> Like, I, I can't guard the bigger two guards. I'm an inch shorter than him. All right, keeping with the theme of 1A, 1B, probably the most prominent lefty in all the league. The guy that owns the ball for probably 60% of the game in James Harden. What? 1A or 1B? Is James Harden your guy? I mean, in Philly, he's certainly the 1B. Like, Embiid is just flat out better than him right now um, and presumably will be for however long He's in Philly, you know, at his peak, Gordon was like very obviously a 1A kind of guy who essentially guaranteed you like a top five to seven offense just by being on your team. Like that's how good he was for like a seven year span. Now, okay, when you can have, get this have you heard back. anything about Harden coming back to Philly? Is that still the plan? It seems like that was the plan. And then, yeah, it's, it's I haven't still really the plan. Seen any, the, I guess the, the the final contract details are just being ironed out. Like, he's got to, you know, go party with Michael Rubin some more or something like that. I don't know exactly what they're doing, but he's, he's going to be back in Philly for a contract that starts around, like, $32, $33 million a year and then has an option next year so he can sign for, for more. So sticking on the East Coast, uh, it's middle of the summer. It's heating up, but... We really don't know what's going on with the Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving situation. It yep. seems like there was a couple signings, and then everyone's just waiting to see where the dominoes fall. Like, what's your take on first the KD situation, and then second Kyrie? That is exactly my take. Like everybody is waiting for the KD domino to fall first and foremost. I think that's going to set off you know, a whole bunch of other things if and when that happens. Kyrie, I think, is pretty clear-cut. Like, the Nets are going to trade him to the Lakers for Russ and something, or they're going to, like, be screwed, I guess. Like, they, they might have to attach assets to dump him. It's Like, it seems like it's 
it's just over there in terms of both of those guys being back. I know that I can't remember who it was said this morning. Why? KD being back. I mean, because KD asked out and they don't want Kyrie there and Josiah is like fed up with the whole situation. Um, Which, I mean, I can't say I blame him based on what's happened over the last two years or so. Um, (laughs) Okay. I would like, I would trade Kyrie and be like, KD, you're staying. I don't care. Um, but that's just me. Um, you know, not a billionaire owner of a basketball team that like wants to make money off of this operation and has like the huge, like the thing that people got to remember about owners is they have just as big of, you know, egos and pride as players do. These guys like didn't become, you know, multi-billionaire titans of industry by like being like, oh, well, I'm just going to have them stay here. Like that's, that's not. <laughs> the uh that's that's not the kind of attitude that guys generally have do you see a scenario on i think it was get up this morning they were calling it if they both stayed it was it could be like the last dance where it's like we're not getting what we want for kd <clears throat> so we're not going to trade them and we have a good enough team ben's even said on this podcast if they can somehow figure out a way to just get out there and play. They on paper they have the talent. Do you see them running it back? I mean, saying jo- like, Joe Harris is probably the most elite shooting guard in the entire league. That's a joke. <laughs> That's a joke. I just I call I him what's up with his ankle. Like there are conflicting reports about like how serious this second ankle surgery was. Um, so I, I don't know. Like if if or when we're gonna see him on the court. Um, like a lot of their team and their like being good is in theory, you know, like it's, you know, Ben Simmons in theory is a good fit with those guys, but that involves him being on the court. Kyrie in theory is like a good offensive player, but that involves him not going on like a sabbatical of some kind, you know, like KD in theory is one of the three best players in the league probably right now, but that involves him not getting hurt for a fourth year in a row, you know, like, the Nets are much better in theory than they are in reality. I don't know if I would say that they are a last dance quality team, even if those guys both come back. All right, hot seat question. One more. You wake up tomorrow. Who's got more, or who's going to have more wins at the end of the season next year? The Nets or the Knicks? I guess if they're trading both of those guys, then I probably have to say the Knicks. You're putting your dog on it. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I could never, like, have the Knicks involved. In a bet. Yeah, exactly. I have to, like, bet my dog. MSG's up. Now, I got – you cover football as well. So, yeah. my hot seat question, who's going to start more games? Baker Mayfield for the Panthers or Ben Simmons – for any team in the NBA next year. Oh, Ben Simmons. Like, all he's got to do is play 18 games. Like, <laughs> granted, he didn't play any last year, so who the hell knows. But I feel like that's a pretty easy – like, if you have a basketball player versus a football player for more games played, just, like, you got to be, like, 80% right on the basketball player, right? Like, Give me, give me Russ's comp in the NFL. We, we had the Kyle and I had this discussion. Ezekiel Elliott. 
Ooh. Okay. I like that. Yeah. We're really like the yard was really, really good yeah. as recently yeah. as a couple of years ago or a few years ago, but now is like wildly overpaid and getting fed touches or shots or whatever because the owner feels bad about having given away all the money. Who would be Trey Lance's comp in the NBA? Trey Lance in the NBA? Um, That's a Homer question. No, I mean, it's got to be a guy where the skill set is really, really interesting. And, like, you saw him. I guess, like, Zion is too good to be, like, too good. Like, we've seen too much from Zion for him to be Trey Lance. Like, if it was Zion after his first season where he played, like, 30 games and he looked awesome, or I guess Trey Lance only looked, like, he looked – What about Wiseman? And, yeah, Wiseman could fit. I think that the – the ceiling on Lance, just from what I've seen, is a little bit higher than Wiseman, just because Wiseman's not going to do anything really with the ball in his hands, at least for the foreseeable near future, because they just have guys who are much better at that. Um, Maybe like a Cade Cunningham? Yeah, but Cade, like, Cade finished third in Rookie of the Year voting last year. You know, he was really good after that initial stretch where it was like he was playing his way back into shape because he was basically having training camp during the regular season. Um, so, I mean, it's something along the lines of, like, you know, if Zion played 10 games as a rookie or, like, some, something like that. Um, I'm trying to think if there could really be anyone else. Because Wiseman just missed all of last year with an injury, too. That didn't happen for Lance. Um, I don't think there's a good analog in the NBA right now, is I guess what I would okay. say. To be determined. All right. Before we wrap up here, we got about five minutes left. I got to talk about my Blazers. And when I say my Blazers, it's only because they're the only team that I can get to within four hours, <laughs> a train ride, whatever it may be. I thought you meant that you were buying the team from Jody Allen. <laughs> I, no, honestly, if I ever run into Jody, I might throw in some extra cologne, um, maybe a couple smiles, get my arm around her. Get her down to Daniel's steak and see what happens. Cause let me know how that works. That, that that comes out of the trust. That comes out of the trust in long term. <laughs> but I think the Blazers. I'd like your take on the, the Chauncey hiring, where Dame sits, kind of in in his perils. The team, DJ going to the Pelicans and just probably being a one A guy for a bit on that team. Um, where do you see him fit right now? Just in the Western Conference. They made it to the Western Conference Final, like, what, three years ago? That this accurate? is a much different team than that team. You know, like, the only guys left, really, from that team are Dame and Nurk. Um, That's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> I think they'll be good on offense, for sure. Uh, Dame and Nurk pick and roll as the basis of your offense is going to be good. We've seen that over the last several years. Um, I have questions on defense. Um I don't really know what Chauncey wants to do on either side of the floor because we didn't really see them with their real roster last season. So it's hard to say what that really is going to look like. Um, I kind of liked the CJ trade for them at the time. Obviously, it worked out quite well for New Orleans over the second half uh, of the season. But I'm not in love with whatever CJ's next contract is going to be. Just guards his size 
that rely so much on like short area quickness to generate openings for themselves tend not to age all that well. So I think that, you know, much as it hurt to, to send him off, I think it's going to wind up benefiting them in the future in terms of what they got. I really like Josh Hart. Um, I think that they got what the, the first round pick, well, that wasn't this year's, next year or something like that, right? Exactly there, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, I know that they, they brought in Jeremy Grant, so that should do pretty well for them on the wing. Like him and Josh Hart, as I, I guess, the three and the four there, with Damon Simons and Nurkic. Um, it's interesting. Um, they got to get a little bit more depth. The West is so deep, too, that it's hard to say, like, can you say that they're definitively better than eight teams? That's what they need to be to be a non or nine teams in the West. That's what they need to be to be a non-playing team next year. Um, and I don't think you can say that right now. Um, so to me, it's like one of the playing contenders, probably. Um, Dame is so good that I would bet on them to probably get into that mix. But obviously he missed a whole bunch of time last year. So now his health isn't a guarantee going forward. You know, you would hope that having the time off and the surgery will help um, and having a team that looks like it should be more competitive will help, but you just don't know at this point. And he's, you know, he's on the wrong side of 30 now too. So guys, again, tend to, uh, to break down a little bit more. I, I hope he doesn't because I love watching him so much. And um, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'm at is, you know, sort of a, a middle of the road Western Conference team right now. So just between them and the Kings, just don't watch them. I got it. Um, <laughs> I think the, the Kings are another team that they should score pretty well, but they're be a disaster. Like, Fox, Sabonis, Monk, Herder, and Barnes, they should score. Yeah, Harry's yeah. good too. Um, gosh, okay. Last question. No, that's, I don't want that to be my last question. Um, <laughs> I'll actually. Are they better off with Anthony Simons or or CJ? I mean, CJ is a better player. Like that's like flat out. He's just better right now and probably for the next couple of years. But you know, the next ten years of Simons are going to be better than the next ten years of CJ. You would think. And I think that that's the sort of timeline that the Blazers. They're probably not looking at that sort of timeline right now because they just re-signed, you know, Dame on the extension. But that's the sort of timeline I think they should be looking at is more of the, the future, but having game in the meantime so fans can have some fun and they can, you know, try to be competitive is not a bad situation to be in. Not. So, Jared, we'll, we'll wrap up there. You want to tell our listeners where they can read your articles, follow you online, and hear what you have going on? Sure. Um, I'm on Twitter, uh, jadubin 5 um, I tell some bad jokes. I watch a lot of TV, talk about basketball and football occasionally. And I, uh, you know, like everybody else, I yell about politics occasionally. And uh, I read about the NFL at CBS, the NBA, everywhere else, mostly at 538 right now. And um, yeah, that's it. Do occasional podcasts like you guys' and uh, that's where I'm at. Thanks for the time. I'm I'm looking. My last question was be someone you follow on Twitter that you don't want us to know about, but I scrolled through and I couldn't find any. <laughs> I, I couldn't find any like egregious. So either you got no, a burner. I mean, I try to keep it pretty tight. Free. You know, like I only follow people that I, you know, I want to get their takes on basketball or football, or like 
I'm a former lawyer, so like legal stuff in there as well, and politics, and then you know like athletes and celebrities that I like. I'm not like like I don't follow people that I don't like like them. Like I'm not a right. hate follower. Like I'm not gonna right. sit here and be like, yo, follow like I'm trying to think of someone like egregiously bad to follow. Like you know, follow Mitch McConnell. Like I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> No one wins in an internet fight. Hey, thanks for the the, uh, the time. The man, we should. Why didn't we go to the summer league in Vegas next year, Ben? We I forgot. You want to say bye? No. Kennedy's under two, so she flies for free. We could have made that happen. <laughs> and what's your dog's name? His name is Bodie. Oh, nice. All right, Bodie. Is that from Bodie's Zaffa? No, it's from uh, Bodie from The Wire. Okay. Oh, great TV uh, show! That's my favorite TV character. So, this is my guy. Are you watching In Into the Night, the latest show from the writers of The Wire? Oh, we no, no, no. The, the writers of The Wire did uh, We Own This City. Yeah, that. Are you watching that? Yeah, yeah, I watched that. Um, ended, uh, I guess, a couple weeks ago. That was really good, man. I haven't started that, on? so I got to check that out. Oh, uh, it's real good. Highly recommend it. Instead Thanks of being a Twitter person that you shouldn't follow, watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome. All right. Um, thank all you. Right. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate you. All right. Have a blast. Be good. Bye.